All right. Good morning, church family. All right. Hey, if you guys are happy to be in the house of God with your brothers and sisters in Christ, let's make some noise this morning. It is good to be in church. And if you're not happy to be here, we're glad that you're here anyway, and we love you. We are wrapping this series up, the Real Change series, and uh, today I'm going to talk about honor. And the title of the sermon is Honor Well and Live Well. Uh, This is a subject that I believe could be hurting our nation more than almost any other issue that we're struggling with. And that is a lack of honor. It's a problem in our culture. You can see it in politics. You can see it in race and social media. You can see it at work, at home, friendships, marriage, pretty much every place you look. Children to parents, parents to children, schools, certainly at church sometimes. We need real change on the subject of honor. And the truth is this. We've been looking at these different layers that keep people from truly experiencing freedom. And the fact that people could be saved and not free. And I believe for some of us, looking at the subject of sanctification, all the different things, the word of God and understanding that, all these different issues, this may be like the last little thing that if you can get this part submitted under the Holy Spirit and according to his word, I believe that it could change your life. So here's an interesting question for you. If you could tell somebody 10 things, give someone 10 statements that are the most important for them to understand if they were gonna pursue a relationship with God, what would they be? If you were gonna give someone 10 statements, I mean, certainly you'd probably tell them that they shouldn't have any other gods. Uh, You should probably tell them not to have idols of anything, like people, careers, material possessions, Uh, you would probably tell them, look, it's important that you respect the name of God. Like, don't don't misuse the name of God. Uh, It's important that you don't kill people. Probably throw that out there, like, hey, to be a good Christian, it's best just not to murder people. Work on that. Don't commit adultery. Probably tell them it's not a good idea to steal. The murder thing, the stealing thing, typically lands you in prison. You'd probably tell them not to lie. You'd probably tell them not to covet stuff, not to to want stuff that you don't have that other people have. Those are all be really important things. It's interesting though, the the one, this one that God threw in there, honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Like, okay. All these other statements, it's like, yeah, these, all, these make a lot of sense. If you want to walk in relationship with God and be a godly person, like all these things. And then he throws in, honor your father and mother. Out of the 10 things, the 10 statements that God gives his people, this is one of them. It says in Ephesians 6, 2, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, I want you to think about this because 
This is the Lord speaking to the Israelites, and he's actually speaking of the promised land. Like, hey, if you can do these things, then you're going to really enjoy everything that I have for you. You're going to enjoy the promised land. But if you think about it, after they left Egypt and left bondage in Egypt, and they went, they started going towards the promised land, they're in the wilderness, the majority of them did not make it to the promised land. In fact, every person over the age of 20 years old died in the wilderness, except for Joshua and Caleb. Those are the only two guys over the age of 20 that actually made it into the promised land. I mean, an entire generation of people died in the wilderness, did not see God's promise, did not see the promised land. Why? Because of a lack of honor. Because as you look at these 10 commandments, really all of them have to do with the subject of honor. They're all about honor, honor God, honor parents, honor others. So this is a big idea for God. Honor must be an important thing and a favorable way for us to live. And so I wanna talk about three things that I believe honor can produce in your life. The first thing is this, honor produces faith. Honor produces faith. In Mark chapter six, Jesus is in his ministry and he decides that he's gonna go home. He's gonna go back to where he grew up. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What's this wisdom that he's been given? What are these remarkable miracles that he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And then it says, and they took offense, which means that they judged him unfavorably with no trust they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, meaning they would have honor, a prophet would have honor, except in his own town, among his relatives and in his own home. And then it goes on to say, he could not, not he wouldn't. It says that he could not do miracles there. And it goes on to say he was amazed at their lack of faith. Jesus could not do miracles in that place. Why? They didn't honor him, so they had unbelief. And because they had unbelief, he couldn't do miracles. Because honor actually produces faith. Have you ever heard this term. Familiarity breeds contempt. Anybody ever heard that phrase before? What does it mean? Well, the word familiarity comes from the word family, meaning the better we know someone, the more likely we're going to find faults in them. You know how this is in your home, okay? Wouldn't it be nice if there was just this overwhelming sense of the benefit of the doubt in your home, like just this positive nature, like with your kids. Father, 
brother punched me in the face, but I know he didn't mean to. I know that it probably just slipped. Yes, I'm bleeding profusely, but I'm, I'm gonna be okay. And then the brother comes in, hark. I have sinned greatly. Not in a malicious way, but, but in the fact that I have made a fist and applied it to my sibling's face. Will you forgive me? Yes, I know that it wasn't in your heart to do this thing. No. That ain't the worry it's working. They're coming and telling before the punch comes. Mom, Dad, they looked at me. They were going to hit me. I knew that I wasn't going to hit you. Yeah, you were. I know you. I know what you were going to do. They're lying. I'm not lying. They're always lying. Because they're very familiar with the way that they behave, the way that they act. In the natural, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they're very familiar they're familiar with the faults that they've had, the times that they've manipulated, the times that they've yelled and screamed and lied and they've done all these things. So they're very familiar with each other. And in that place of familiarity, there's a lack of faith in each other. There's a lack of faith that, no, they could be a good person. Like, I, I rarely ever hear my kids talk about each other. Man, I just, I know that they're a good person. I know that they're a good person. It's typically not that. Those are usually the things that we're having to try to speak into them in faith. Because as their parents, we keep faith about our kids. Like, we, we, we believe, hey, they're, they're going to lead. They're going to lead. They're going to lead somebody someday, just hopefully not a gang in prison. Like, they're going to lead somebody. Like, we believe in that. We have faith that they can do that. But typically, familiarity breeds contempt. And this is what happened with Jesus. Not that Jesus had done anything wrong, but they were familiar with the fact that he's just a carpenter. Remember, Jesus didn't start his ministry, didn't do any miracles until he was 33 years old or 30 years old and started his ministry. Okay, so these guys, he's in his hometown, they didn't, they're just like, yeah, we know who Jesus is. He's the carpenter. That's his brothers and sisters. We grew up with these guys. And because they were familiar, they didn't have faith. They didn't have faith. And because they didn't have faith, God couldn't move in their lives. And I believe that this is what's wrong with so many of our families. If you're ever asking the question, like, why isn't God moving here in our home? There's probably a lack of honor. There's probably a lack of honor. Why is my job so hard? There may be a lack of honor. Why does it feel like my life is so uphill all the time? there's a chance that there's a lack of honor. There's this awesome example of this in Matthew 8. We won't read the whole story, but there's this Roman centurion and he's needing healing for his servants. So he comes up to Jesus and he says, Jesus, this is a very valuable person in my life. This servant is someone that I care about and, and, and I would like for you to heal him. 
And so, and so Jesus is like, okay, well, you know, let's go. Let's go, and, and then I'll pray for him. And the centurion says this, no, 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 no. I'm not even worthy for you to come to my home. But I, I don't need you to come to my home because I understand honor in authority. Because I understand authority, I'm a person under authority, and I have people under my authority, and there is honor there. And because I understand honor, I know that if you will just say that he's healed, that he'll be healed because of honor. And then it says that Jesus was amazed and he hadn't seen anyone in all of Israel that had as much faith as this brother. And consider this, he was a Roman and a pagan. Okay, so he, Jesus didn't say that about anybody else. Most of the times like you don't have very much faith, do you? Like he's rebuking people for not having faith, but this guy who wasn't even didn't follow the scriptures, wasn't godly, understood honor. And because he understood honor, Jesus was able to work in his life. That's why this is so incredibly important. But it's also the reason why we have so many issues. And these staggering stats of a generation that is falling away from the faith. And I think so much of it has to do with a, being a dishonoring generation. We just don't honor people anymore. Have you ever heard anyone say this? Well, nobody's gonna tell me what to do. Don't elbow anyone that's sitting next to you right now. <laughs> nobody's gonna tell me what to do. I'm gonna live my own life. I know what's best for me. Nobody knows me like me. And so if it feels good, I'm going to do it. If it feels right in my feels, I'm going to do it. I don't take orders from anyone. In my experience, people that are really deep-rooted in that end up in one of two places. Prison or the Marines. I don't know why. <laughs> they just do. It's, it's just a way that God just his sense of humor. So many of the people, young men and women that have had an issue with honor and authority and being submissive, they wind up in the military. It's just the best thing ever. I don't know. It's just, it just does my heart so well. I love seeing them after boot camp. just to, like, like just their whole world is just completely transformed. God has a way of getting us back into this place. The question is, can you figure it out without God having to show you? Also, honor produces blessings. Honor produces blessings. Look, I'd encourage you, honor your teachers. Those that instruct you and educate you, even if you don't like their style, even if you don't like their attitude, those of you that play sports, honor your coaches. Honor them. Honor your boss, honor your boss. You may say, well, I'm smarter than my boss. You may be right. But if you're gonna hold on to that, you just let me know how that works out for you. Keep going and telling your boss how much smarter you are than him or her. And, and let's just see, because I, I just haven't, I haven't met a lot of people 
that live in that place, they're experiencing an easygoing life. People that don't honor their coaches, I, ha I haven't really seen them get a lot more playing time. Uh, people that don't honor their teachers, I, they have to work a lot harder if they want to try to get good grades. It says this in Romans 13, 1. Let everyone be subject. That word subject means to submit without resistance to the governing authorities. For there is no authority, get this, there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, which is also like the word consequence, consequently, whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. You see, not honoring leadership and authority, it's not actually rebelling against those people. It's actually rebelling against God. That, that's how serious it is. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Look, I'd encourage you to try to cover and protect and not speak negatively about leaders over you. When someone comes up to you with gossip, and Christians have a sneaky way of trying to sneak this in. Because they'll come to you and be like, hey, we really need to be praying for so-and-so. Did you hear what's going on with them? Or, hey, we really need to pray for so-and-so because they're just being a real jerk to me right now. I don't appreciate it, let's, so let's pray for them. God would smite them. Someone comes to you with gossip about someone in authority, just tell them this. Hey, you need to go talk to them. You need to go talk to them. If you have an issue, the biblical model is if you have an issue, you take it to the person you have an issue with. That's who you take it to. Just tell them to do that. Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs according to their needs. Look, so if somebody's doing something you don't like or you disagree with or you feel is wrong or you feel is unfair, that's a need that they have. Their need is they may not understand influence. They may not understand how to motivate people outside of a position or authority. And so the, thing that you, the only thing that you can really do that really actually will bring change is to pray for them and speak well of them, even when some of the things that you're gonna say, it may not be there yet, you're just gonna say it in faith. This is what I've noticed though. It is really difficult for me to be angry at or hate somebody that I'm praying for. It's really difficult for me to, God, just bless them, God, and ah, ah, let them know more of your love. I don't have it but you do, God. But what'll happen is it'll start changing you. It'll change your perspective. Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Look, I've seen this on social media like crazy. All of us have. 
on Facebook, people bashing teachers and slamming coaches and attacking politicians. Let me ask you this. If, when you see somebody bashing someone in authority, like behind their back, like at work or wherever you might be, when you see that or you see them bashing people on social media, do you ever think, wow, they're just so mature and blessed? I mean, you may like it because you may agree with them. But if you really step back and looked at their life, I promise you, they're probably not walking in a lot of peace and rest. They're not walking in a blessing. Ephesians 6, again, verse 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents and Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on earth. So in the home, there's two things that children are told to do. Obey and honor. Obey and honor. And I say in the home because when they grow up and they move out and they become adults, then they need honor. But the obedience element changes a little bit. And some of you parents need to understand this too. Like empty nesters in the house, you need to understand like, hey, if they're not in your home anymore, they're outside of your home, then, then you can't expect they're gonna keep obeying everything you want them to do. They still need to honor. But the obedience element changes. This is something that Pastor Rick, if there's one thing I've learned from him, it's on this subject, the subject of honor. The way that he has honored the authority in his life, the leaders in his life, but also the way that he has raised all of his kids, all four of his kids, they're all out of the house now. The way that they honor people, the way that they honor each other, the way that they honor their parents, the way that they honor, the way that they honor me. The way that Pastor Rick honors me, it's amazing. And, and if you want to see a family that's walking in a lot of blessing right now, the Bazettes walk in a lot of favor and blessing. And I think so much of it has to do with this subject. I know in my house, and I'm sure a lot of you have experienced this too, where you've said something like this, as long as you're in my house and under my roof, which is the accurate principle the question is, how do you really get them to go there? To actually honor. To not have to leverage the fact that you're the financial provider for them. That you don't have to leverage that to actually get them to understand this principle. So that's the key. My kids are young, so I'm not in that place where I'm, I tell them that now, they just get scared. They're just like, oh, what are you telling me? I'm like, I'm kicking you out. <laughs> I know you're six, but you gotta learn this lesson. So here's one of my tents. Go figure it out for a couple days. I'm not gonna do that. But I am trying to teach my kids that with honor, you get more freedom. 
Because honor it is attached to respect. And, and with honor and with respect, guess what? You get more freedom. And so it's like, hey, if you'll honor, then you get more freedoms. You, you get more privileges. Okay? And, and as long as they're walking in that, man, it's fun because you get to keep adding more privileges. The more that they honor, the more privileges that they get. But, but when they stop honoring and they stop respecting, then you have to go back to trying to get them to obey again. Like you got to obey. Okay, you got to obey again. Okay, you figure that out and you're going to honor that. So here's some more freedoms because reality is freedom travels with responsibility. They go hand in hand. So if they want to have freedom, then they have to be responsible and responsibility is connected to, to honoring what is asked. And when they stay in that place, man, it's so much more fun for everybody. How many of you love disciplining your kids? If you raise your hand, I just don't know what's wrong with you. Because I try to tell my kids that it's like, okay, I've got to bring them in and I got to talk to them and I got to coach them and they got to understand the heart behind this. And I'm like, I got other things to do. Like, you don't get it, kid. This is not fun for me. I'm not enjoying this. I would much rather be giving you candy. and liberty, and freedom. The greatest romance movie of all time, Braveheart. <laughs> oh, so. Freedom. The promise says that when you honor your parents, things will go well for you. It doesn't actually say that if you honor your parents, you're going to live long because who wants to live long if things aren't going well? But it just says things are going to go well with you. As a pastor, I've seen children from the same family. One of them, things go really well for them in school, in relationships, in favor, in jobs, in marriage, in community. And then one of them, just generally not that great. There's a lot of negative relationships, a lot of negative influences. They have the same parents, and those parents have made the same mistakes with both of them. One gives parents respect and honor, and the other one doesn't. That is the only difference that I've seen. And this is why we're trying to teach our kids to show honor, to say things like, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. Now, at our house, you can tell who's spending the most time teaching them this. Because, like, when I tell my kids to do something, they're like, yes, ma'am. I'm like, I'm actually the sir. <laughs> yes, ma'am. No, ma'am, never mind. Just call me whatever you want to. Just show honor and respect. And I love the surprise in people when they say, man, your kids are like really respectful. It kind of bugs me when people say, oh, you don't have to call me ma'am. You don't have to call me sir. I'm like, don't you? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And by the way, I probably will too. Because I was raised to honor. I just was raised that way. But, but, but in our culture, man, it, it's shocked by honor, and it's heartbreaking. 
So there's this one point when Jesus, he, he got separated from his family. Uh, and, and he, <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but they left Jesus. Like no one realized that he wasn't with them. Now, if it were me, like I would have gone to Mary and be like, Mary, you had one job. <laughs> to raise the savior of the world, be a good steward of him, and you left him? Like, Hello? Okay, so we know Jesus had brothers and he had sisters, so there was multiple kids here. So I know that some of you young married couples or couples with one kid, you're like, how could you ever leave a child somewhere? How many of you ever left a kid somewhere? Come on, let's just be honest right here in the house of God right now. Okay, well, I haven't. Cody has. Uh, she... Uh, <laughs> Like she got a couple miles from the house one time. London was like, hey, where's Reeves? <laughs> we, he is, we are getting him. <laughs> He's the quiet one. <laughs> so that's why he gets left. It says in Luke 2.46, after three days, they found him in the temple court sitting among the teachers. Three days. <laughs> Oh, hashtag parent fail. <laughs> Listening to them and asking them questions, everyone who heard was amazed at his understanding and his answers. Maybe they're also just amazed at how he honored the word of God, like how he honored that. Right after that, in verse 51, it says, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and he was subject. Remember that word? And he was subject to them. This is God in the flesh. And he is subject to his parents who just left him for three days. So even with the mistakes of Mary and Joseph, Jesus honored, subjected himself to them. And, and after that, after that, there's this gap. He was probably around 12, 13 years old at that point. After that, there's this gap until he starts his ministry. And this is the only thing that it says about him. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. He was blessed because he honored First Peter 2.17, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Okay, you've got to have context to understand how powerful this is. This is Peter writing this. Peter the apostle. Nero was the emperor during this time. Nero was the most tyrannical emperor that ever lived in Roman history. This guy was taking Christians, killing them, putting them on pikes alongside of a road, lighting them on fire at night so that he could ride his chariot up and down the street naked. I mean, how evil is that? And it was under Nero that both Peter and Paul were killed. And Peter's saying, honor this dude. Honor him, honor him. 
Let me ask you this. With the last two presidents, how much have you honored them? How much have you prayed for them? Or let's just go back always. The Bushes, Clintons. How much did your behavior and your speech honor them? How much have you believed that God could move and work in their heart? I really believe that if our nation is in trouble, it may be connected to the fact of not having bad leadership, but having people who followed them that didn't understand honor. That we didn't honor them. This honor stuff is everywhere in the scripture. Honor your wife, honor your husband. If you study the life of Hitler, you want to know how he got his claws in this. This is what he did at first. He taught young people to dishonor. That's what he started with. And he basically said this. If, you're, if you find out that your parents won't support the Nazi agenda, you come let us know and we'll take care of them. Because we're just going to be a big, happy family of Nazis. That's how it started. It started with the Hitler youth and him teaching them, dishonor your parents. Anybody who doesn't believe the way that we believe in this socialistic idealism, you let, me, you let us know and we'll take care of them. That's how serious this is, that we honor. My saddest moments is when I've dishonored my parents. I can think of a few instances. My happiest moments are when I've honored them. Even when they didn't deserve. The problem is if you dishonor enough, you'll no longer sense any conviction about dishonoring because you'll get calloused. My kids, the healthiest my kids have ever been under authority is when they're understanding honor. When my kids come home and, and complain about a teacher that they have at school, I don't drive up to the school. I sit my kid down and I teach them about honor. I teach them about respect. I teach them about favor and influence. Like, hey, it doesn't matter what they do. You have a choice. And, and are, you, are you more interested in getting the teacher that you like or are you more interested in getting a God who blesses you? Because get, being blessed by God and having his protection, man, it is so much better than having a teacher that does things the way you want them to do it or having a coach that does things the way you want to do it. Having God's favor and God's blessing. So I'm trying to teach them this. And they're trying to get these concepts like, like favor and influence. We're, try, I was try, we're trying to help Reeves with this. A while back, we're like, hey, buddy, man, this, remember, this is about influence. It's about influence. You can influence your teacher. You got to honor him. You got to respect him. If you'll do that, you'll get influence. You'll get favor. And he's like, you know what? I don't even know. I'm just going to do it my way, and I'm going to use my handsome. <laughs> now, I'm going to say I was a little bit proud at that one. Right there for a second, it was hard for me to get back into the whole honor. I'm like, you got a point, buddy. You should use that handsome. <laughs> use that handsome. Work the handsome, buddy. But he does kind of get influence, like, it's just the wrong way. <laughs> Number three, honor produces godly purpose. Produces godly purpose. 
Honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Okay, what has God given you? Because some people may say, well, our promised land is heaven. Like that's, that's our promised land. But these people were given a promised land. Remember, there were enemies in the promised land. It wasn't that they just walked into the promised land and everything was just gonna be roses for the rest of their life. No, they, they, they walked in the promised land and had to defeat enemies, giants. They had a lot that they had to overcome. And so I, I would suggest this, that, that the real promised land is victories in Christian life in the midst of the land and the issues that we currently have. Like that's where you find the real promise. And it's also where you find purpose. You will miss purpose and miss opportunities for purpose without a sense of honor. Because if you don't have honor, how do you love the unlovable? And your purpose is centered around, our purpose is centered around being able to love the unlovable. If you can't do that, then you'll miss your purpose. So this is, this is some of the tough talk this morning, but the, here's one of the questions that, that some of you have been thinking about. Some of you, this has been bouncing around the back of your head ever since we started talking about this this morning. I wanna talk about it. How do you honor horrible parents? How do you honor parents that are bad people? Because some of you grew up with parents that were just heathens. You grew up, you grew up with church parents who blew it bad. As a pastor, I've seen so many people messed up by church parents. Like people that that knew all the scripture and went to church, but didn't live what they said they knew. And it's hurt some people. It's hard when your parents are singing songs about Jesus and God and quoting scripture, but they're living away from the truth. That's hard. How do you honor that? How do you honor dishonorable people? You choose to. It's just like love. You have to choose sometimes to love. You won't always feel like it. You're gonna have to choose. You choose. 1 Corinthians 13 says this, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. If you're choosing love, love does not dishonor. It's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always protects. It always trusts, it always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. How do you choose to love the unlovable? I just have to remember that they were probably raised by broken people too. I think that's important to remember about our parents. 
we weren't there to see the way that they were raised. We weren't there to see how they were loved or unloved. We weren't there to see the way that they were treated, the way that they were abused, the way that... And I love the testimonies of, of people that are able to rise above those things and by the grace of God, they're able to be amazing parents in spite of who their parents were. But the truth is this, it affects people. It affects people. Look, my parents were godly, Bible-believing people. But they weren't perfect. And there are plenty of memories that I have that are really tough to deal with. But I have to remember that the same grace and the same love and the same forgiveness that's been extended to me has to be extended to them. And I want you to, to understand that what I'm saying is you don't have to, to trust them again. You don't, you don't have to pretend like nothing happened, but I believe that you can still honor them. Think about our parents like, <laughs> Most of them, they didn't have great curriculum on how to raise kids. You know, they, they, they didn't know that much about grace, maybe the Holy Spirit. They, they didn't know about real change and inner healing and deliverance and teaching on forgiveness. Most of the churches that they grew up in, they were cultural and religious. And so many of them they had a form of godliness, but no power. We need to have some grace on our parents. Before I came to NLC, I, I struggled with incredibly difficult authority in my life. I mean, very, very difficult authority, bosses. One of the biggest reasons why I'm so blessed and I get to do what I do today is because honor, has always been something that has been so important to me. Trusting God, no matter what, and honoring, honoring people. I'm not talking about trust, I'm talking about love. I'm not talking about trust, I'm talking about honor. I'm not talking about trust, but I am talking about forgiveness. I'm not talking about trust, but I am talking about the word of God. When you honor people, you're not just gonna honor them because they're honorable. When you honor people that are honorable, that's just common courtesy. Honor is when it's tough to honor. That's when it's important. Some of you had mediocre homes, and I would suggest that there's some things that you can do that can to upgrade the honor in your home. I think it starts with, with how you even honor your kids. It, it starts with how you honor your spouse so that your kids can see that honor. I think there's some practical things, but I also think it has to do with you honoring your parents, no matter who they are or what they did, that you try to honor them. If, you've, if you feel like maybe you've already blown that, like you've already said so many negative things about your parents and, what, and how they raised you, I, I think you can go back and 
and I think you can ask for forgiveness. Those things may have been true. They may be very true, but honor is not about the knowledge of good and evil. Honor is about the tree of life. That's what it's about. So you honor them. Do some things that, that can show your kids that they're gonna honor their grandparents. Write them a letter. Have your kids write them a letter. Make a video and send it to them just so they get to see their grandkids. Whenever you can, go and visit them. Whenever you can, hug them, even if it's the most difficult thing to do. You just honor them. We encourage our kids, like, hey, make sure that when grandparents do something for you, we're gonna honor them. We're gonna, we're gonna be thankful. A few years back, we were, we're telling our kids that. And so Grayson, our oldest, just had a birthday and her Grammy and Papa had sent her a gift, but it wasn't, it wasn't exactly what she wanted. She wanted some Chacos. She wanted Chacos. Really important, she got some Chacos. And she didn't get those, she got something else. And she was a little bit bummed. And then she came to Cody and I, she's like, mom, dad, can I, I, wanna, I wanna write Grammy and Papa a thank you card. And we're like, yes, this is amazing. She gets it. So she got a thank you card that said thank you on the outside of the card. And she wrote it and she, she got the address and everything and mailed it herself, the whole deal. And, and a few days later, we get a call from Cody's parents and they say, hey, we got the card from London. We're like, oh, that's so great. Yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to teach her, you know, how important it is that we honor people and we're thankful for people. It's one of the ways that we, we honor people and we're like, they're like, well, did you read it? No. So she had a card that said, thank you on the outside and on the inside, it said, Grammy and Papa, I wanted Chacos, please send $50. <laughs> Moral of the story, when they write the letter, proofread it. <laughs> Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them in front of your kids. Pray for them. Let, let them know about a, a memory that that you have with them that was positive. Like, Mom, that time you made me that cake, it was amazing. Dad, that time you, you helped me with that school project. Don't try to change them because they can read through that and it discounts the honor. Just honor them. Some of the best pastors I know, the best business people I know have had some horrible parents. They just figured out honor. This starts with how you honor God. How do you honor his presence? Is there a sense of familiarity that you have around the things of God? Around his word, around his presence? Have you become familiar to a place where you've, you've lacked some honor in relationship with him? I believe that God wants to bless you. I believe that God wants to bless you. I believe that God wants to, to show you what it looks like to have purpose and to live in that purpose. God wants to hook you up. He wants to give you faith to believe 
And I believe for some of us, it's gonna start with honor. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. If you're here today and you know that in your life right now, you don't honor God, you don't honor him. One of the biggest ways that, that any person could dishonor God is by not recognizing the sacrifice that he's made for them. And if you haven't recognized the sacrifice that he made, that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, if you don't recognize that, then you can't honor God. And not only can you not honor him, but you can't have relationship with him. And if you're here today and you've, you know that you, you do not have a relationship with God, or maybe familiarity, maybe it's bred some content in your life towards the things of God. And maybe you just need to come back to him. You need to repent and rededicate your life to him today. If you're either one of those people in that place and you just know that you don't have God in your life and you need him desperately and nobody looking around, but if you're ready to have a relationship with God and to honor who he is in your life, I want you to put your hand up right now across this room. Nobody looking around. As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. Anybody in this place, I need a relationship with God. Thanks, bro. I got it. Got it. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, guys. Anybody else? I need a relationship with God. I, I know I'm not living in a place where I honor who he is, and I want to have that relationship. Thanks. I got you. Thank you so much. Appreciate that boldness. Yes, sir. Anybody else? Anybody else? I just know I'm away from God. I need a relationship with him. I want to honor who he is. Got it. All right, we had a few hands. Every person, just raise your hand. Just say this right now in your chair. You can make a, you can make a, a decision right now, a personal decision to follow Jesus. I would encourage you, you need to go public with this decision at some point. The best way to do that is through water baptism. Water baptism is just you declaring like, hey, this is what I believe and this is who I believe in around your church family. So we can encourage you and support you. But right there in your chair, just talk to God and say, God, I know that I, I, I'm not honoring you with my life. I know that I'm away from you. And right now I, I just, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for me, to die on the cross for my sin, for my mistakes. I thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus, for paying that price so that I could have a relationship with you. And right now I ask for your forgiveness and I, and I wanna stop and I wanna turn away from living in a place of, of living for myself and living the way I think I need to live. And I wanna live according to your plan and to your purpose and to your word. I thank you, Jesus, that you didn't stay dead. You rose from the grave. You defeated my sin, you defeated death. Thank you. And I thank you, God, that because of who you are, I can be completely healed. I can be completely set free. I can walk in a place of, of understanding purpose, of understanding the blessing. God, help me to honor people. Help me to live with a spirit that honors no matter what. And I also just wanna pray for anybody in this place right now. I, I think this is the heaviest thing that people are dealing with. You're a Christ follower, you love the Lord, but you struggle around the subject of honor, especially because you've had dishonorable leadership in your life. It might've been a pastor. It, it, 
It might have been a boss. The most hurtful is when it's a parent, when there was abuse, when there was just a lack of love, when there was just a lack of care and concern, when there was hypocrisy, when there was someone that said that they were gonna do one thing and then they did something else. And because of that, it's, it's created this part of you that, that has a difficult time honoring other people. And I believe that God wants to heal the hurt, but he also wants to give you a supernatural faith again to believe that God will do what he needs to do in those people's life. But most importantly, that he can heal you so that you can walk out honor for the rest of your life. And if you're in that place, you just know, man, that just speaks to me. And I just need prayer for that. And you just wanna confess before God that that, that kind of hurt is hurting you. It's, it's causing you to have a difficult time living in a place of honor. If that's you, nobody look around, put your hand up right now all across this room. Come on, raise them high. God, right now, I just, I know that this represents people that have felt some of the deepest hurt that you can feel from parents, from fathers, from mothers, from, from pastors, from, from just people that we trust in God, a family member, bosses. God, whatever it is, right now we surrender it to you. These hands raised high, it's just us saying, God, we don't wanna hold on to any of it anymore. That in spite of anything that they ever did, God, your cross is enough. Your blood is enough. Your grace is enough. And even if they don't see it, I do. And so I'm gonna walk in it. And because I'm gonna walk in it, God, I'm still gonna do everything I can to try to honor who they are. I'm gonna try to honor who they are, God. And I thank you, God, as each one of these people, they step into that place, God, they're gonna feel a freedom and release that they've never experienced before because it's the ultimate sign of surrendering to you and totally trusting you that in spite of anything they've ever gone through, any hurt they've ever experienced, God, they know that you are still good. You are still faithful. Help them to walk in it, God. Help us as a church to be a church that honors people those below us, those beside us, and those above us. We wanna be an honorable people. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you're thankful for God's word, let's give him some praise and glory in this place, amen.